재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very, very special interview right here on Replay. You are listening to a song called I'll Meet You at Midnight. The singer Chris Norman is in the studio with me. Join me right after this. All right, ladies and gents, that was I'll Meet You at Midnight, uh, sung by a little band called Smokey back in 1976. And guess what? I have the lead singer of Smokey, Mr. Chris Norman, in the studio with me. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Um, I got to say, we normally play songs by Smokey and Chris Norman and, and a lot of great uh, classic uh, pop songs, but we never have a bona fide rock star in the studio. So I kind of don't know what to do right now. Shall I, go f- shall I go find one for you? I should probably put on my pants, because I normally do this in my boxers. Yeah. Well, you look like very nice boxers, if I might say. No, thank you very much. My mom chose them for me. <laughs> uh, so, okay, you're a very, very famous singer uh, from a very famous rock band and, and a storied career. In fact, what, 29 solo albums, right, after you left Smokey, something like that? Well, actually, they... they, they they sound like the 29 solo albums because people sort of put them on on, on um, different, you know, internet things. And sometimes it's the same album with a different title. Uh, really? Yeah, because, you know, for instance, I had an album out called Million Miles, and it was called Million Miles in Germany and uh, Scandinavia and blah, 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 blah. And then it came out in England and, and it was called Coming Home. So it's the same album, but it sounds like it's two albums. It's one album. I guess, really, I've, I've probably made, since, since I left Smokey in 86, I've probably made about 18 albums. I would guess. So you doubled uh, the output of your former band since you left. Yeah, yeah. We did nine albums together. Um, but, but I've been away longer than I was in it. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, we, I was actually in Smokey since, since I started school. I well, not started school, but we started the school band. But obviously, we didn't start recording albums straight away. So um, I was in Smokey from 1965. We weren't called Smokey, but we were, we were the same group, more or less. You guys less. were the Elizabethans at some point. Right? Yeah, that was a great name. Who thought <laughs> of that? It's a wonderful name. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think from 65, we, we were called the Yen, and then mm. we were called, I can't remember, Sphinx, Longside Down. Don't forget Essence. Huh? Essence. Essence. I had forgotten Essence. And um, the Elizabethans, then Kindness, which was during the flower power thing, you know. Um, and then we changed it to Smokey. And uh, so, yeah, I was I was already playing in the band for like 10 years before we mm. had our first hit. And then since that first hit until I left, we had like nine, nine albums. But um, that was only, how long is that? Like 11 years. So nine albums in 11 years, and now I've had like 18 albums in the... the the rest of the time. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, and I got to tell you, growing up in the U.S., um, Smokey wasn't as big in the U.S. No. Uh, as it was in Europe and in Asia. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Korea, I was surprised at how many Smokey fans are here mm-hmm. and how many times I would hear your songs um, at LP cafes mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody took you to an LP cafe. No. Uh, there are a lot in Seoul, particularly. They spin vinyl. 
Oh, right. All night long, and it's just classic rock and roll or pop music from the West as well as from Korea. Yeah. Um, and I probably heard Smokey and probably some of your solo stuff uh, mm. endless times. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of my introduction to Smokey, actually. Yeah, yeah. When did you, when did you leave America then? 2008. 2008, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we did put records out in America. Sure, sure. We, we were in America. We recorded two albums in America. Um, I was with Nicky Chin, right? With Mike Chapman. Chapman. Nicky Chin was Mike Chapman's partner, but Mike Chapman was the producer of the partnership. So, yeah, we recorded um, a couple of albums in Glendale in California. And um, I had a big hit in America with Susie Quattro, which was a big number two in the Billboard chart. I was in middle school when that came out, and uh, I was a huge uh, Susie Quattro fan. Yeah. Sorry, I I didn't... um recognize you as much as Susie Quattro back then. No. Was, uh, she, was, she, was she on Happy Days in those days? Was she was like, Leather Tuscadero Leather on Happy Tuscadero, Days. Leather Tuscadero, yes. So, a nice gangster. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a hit for me and her. Um, Living Next Door to Alice was like number 16 in the charts, I yeah. think. And we, we put a, a lot of stuff out, but we never actually went and toured. And I think... Um, you never we, toured the U.S.? No, oh. because we were touring so much everywhere else. We were we was in demand to tour, so right. we were touring constantly anyway. And uh, I think our management at the time was saying, "Yeah, when we have a number one record, then we go on tour." And of course, without it's which comes first, you know. I mean, you think like somebody like you too. They went and toured and toured and toured all the different states well before they had any big success. And they built up a fan base. Right. And then they had the success. And I think we should have done that too. But it takes such a long time out of your career. So, I mean, like, for instance, there's a group called Slade. Do you remember Slade? Of course I remember Slade. Well, they were having a lot of success in England and, and big records. And they took a year to go and do America. And when they came back, it was kind of like... They were forgotten. Almost. The momentum was was yeah. cut, and we did. We were we were very worried that if we went and spent like a year or six months to a year um, touring in America, we'd come back. And you you had to do that long because it's such a big, sure. vast country. It's like every state is like a is like a new country, you know. And uh, to do that and to do it well, we would have had to spend an awful lot of time there. And we just decided, or our management decided, that there wasn't. It wasn't worth spending that amount of time until we had a hit record, a big hit record. I, I think, yeah, I, I totally hear the, the the management side of that because mm. it would have taken months out of your uh, uh, out of Smokey's spotlight. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So when yeah. you return back to Europe, I mean, who knows what would have happened back yeah. then? So. But, but you know, I think in in retrospect, I think it was a mistake. Mm. I think we should have. I think we should have gone over and toured. I think we should have played all the, all the different towns and the main. We we would have probably done a club tour. That was the other thing. See, yeah, at definitely. that time, by that time, we were already doing arenas in in Europe and playing to twelve, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand people. And if we'd have gone to America, we would have been playing like two, three hundred seater clubs. Right. And uh, it was it was just a weighing up. Was it worth doing that? And I think we should have, but we didn't. So you can't go back and, and redo it. But if I had it to do again, I would do it slightly different because I think America we we missed out there, you know. And I know from the the success of the of stumbling in with mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the duet I did, yeah. um, how many records that that was selling and how much momentum it, it got so i think if we'd have had all the smoky records doing the same thing it would have been great and you think about um let's say in the the, the middle late 70s the smoky sound was almost 
pitch perfect for the American market. I mm, mean, it had a mm. bit of that Americana sound, mm, mm. you know, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, possibly, you know, mm. in the same vein. Yeah. Uh, years later, of course. Um, boy, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you well, should we, have gone to uh, the yeah, U.S. We should have. I mean, we did. Um, we, we were influenced by groups like mm. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and um, of course the, the the '60s British groups like the Beatles and everybody, but also like Crosby, Stills, and Nash and the Eagles. And, sure. Um, it was very similar to what we were. You know, we we could do that stuff because it was natural to us. So we had that harmony thing. And if you think about, the, you know, the, our early records, like if you think, you know, How to Love Me, which was very, very West Coast sounding record. Yeah, very much. And, and when I first went to L.A. in 75, um, actually it was being played off the radio. It was really, it was being played off air all the time. I, I'd get in a taxi or whatever and it was on. And we thought, well, this is going to happen, you know. But we just didn't follow it up. We didn't go and, and do what we should have done and followed it up. I think that would have been a big record otherwise. And and then the others would have followed, I think. But it's hard to break America, especially if you don't spend the time there. You've got to put the work in. Yeah, especially during that time, you didn't have the benefit of the Internet um, no. and social media. No, so it no. really was about uh, getting on a plane for a lot of bands outside of the U.S., and spending the time day to day, but it does take its toll. Yeah, yeah. you know, but you guys funny, might have been a much different band afterwards, for better or for worse. Who knows? Yeah, right? who knows? But I mean, we did it, and, and you know, we did spread out into different countries. I mean, we, for instance, in Australia, which is just mm. as big a trek to do, yeah. if not further, we had number one, number one, number one, number one big albums, and we never went near until about four or four years into the, the, you know, the hits. Then we went. We did what we wanted to do in America. We did that to Australia. We arrived in Australia as as big stars. We were, you know, people were waiting for us at the airport yeah. and all that. And I think that's what we wanted to do in America, but we just it just didn't happen that way, you know. But it happened in Australia. It happened in South Africa. It happened in lots of countries, you know, other than Europe. But um, America just didn't work like that. That is a tough nut to crack, isn't it? Yeah, For it just is. about it everybody, is. It is. including it is. American artists. Yeah. Uh, your Asian fan base, um, it's it's uh, pretty big, isn't it? Well, uh, you know, it is, but it, it's this is only something I found out over the last few years because back then you didn't even know what was going on in, in, in Asia or right. a lot of other countries. I mean, I found out in the 90s how many countries were sort of fans of the music and everything when I started to tour in those places. Um, Russia was a good example. I had, I had no idea that Russia would know um, any of these songs. And with the first time I went there, um, 94, and I played a, a gig at the um, Kremlin Palace Theatre, which is about 6,000-seater. And they, they, it was sold out, like, like instantly. And when we got on stage, the people were just up and singing and knowing the songs. And every, and I thought, well, how do they know that? That's got to be an incredible feeling and a revelation to an artist uh, who had no idea yeah. they were that famous there. But you know what? Uh, let's get to a couple of your songs. Uh, we're going to kind of move along chronologically uh, throughout right. our interview. So let's play a couple of uh, Old Smokey songs from Changing All the Time, a classic record in just a bit. Uh, don't play your rock and roll to me. But first, the song you were mentioning just a couple of minutes ago, ladies and gentlemen, Smokey. If you think you know how to love me. A breathless drive on a downtown street. It's 
All right, we just heard uh, two very classic songs from Smokey, Don't Play a Rock and Roll to Me, If You Think You Know How to Love Me, both from uh, 1975's Changing All the Time record. Um, I'm here in the midst of uh, rock and roll greatness, Chris Norman, um, and we've just been yapping and yapping and yapping about Smokey. And when we left off, we were talking about you playing in Russia. And then during the song break, we were talking about you playing in Mongolia. I I had no idea. Uh, Yeah. Please tell me a little bit about the reception you got there. Well, uh, as I said before about Russia, you, you know, we, we had no idea that people would even know us there. And um, this is since I left Smokey. This is just me and my band, you know. And I went to, to Mongolia to play. And when we arrived at the airport, there was like hundreds of, of fans and boys and girls. At the airport, we had to have a police escort to get through the crowd. They were trying to get out. It was like Beatlemania, you know. They were That's trying to, nuts. Yeah, it was. And they were trying to get, and then we had to get rushed into these cars and the police escort to the to the hotel. And it was just, we thinking, how do they know about us? Because we, I had no idea, you know. And then we did the, uh, the gig was like a football stadium with like 70,000 people there. And the prime minister got a special invitation to come. He, he, he brought his family because he wanted to see and uh, so suddenly we're on stage and we're playing to 70,000 people with the Prime Minister on the front row. And it was like, how do they know what we do and what we've been doing in Mongolia? And we didn't even, we weren't even aware of it, you know. So not only, you were, you were no longer a rock and roll band at that point, uh, a, a, a gang of rockers on stage. You were diplomats or yeah, ambassadors, like right? In the newspaper, because we, we got like the newspaper and it said... The biggest crowd since the Dalai Lama. You're kidding me. And we thought, what? For Chris Norman? Do me a favor. Yeah, no, seriously. That was the that was the headline. So did you ever find out um, how you came to be so darn famous? No, because, you. I mean, how can you find out, you know? I mean, there had to be somebody that said, yeah, there was a, a movement or an artist well, I, movement I, I, or something. I can only think know? it's like, I know for a fact that in Russia, um, and I guess Mongolia and, and those kind of eastern areas of of europe and and asia which all became part of the soviet union some of them like kazakhstan Mm -hmm. and i guess it was the same for that as like in russia we i found out that in russia during the 70s and 80s um very little music was was allowed to be played very little western music was allowed and i think they allowed abba and they allowed Smokey. so people heard that a lot on the radio and then they used to take the stuff and swap it with each other so it was like bootlegs um and they used to get bootlegs in as well like you used to be out to buy a, a market store so people used to buy these little cassettes um and then and then swap them around each other so by the time i guess mongolia was the same um because it was forbidden you know so you know everybody listened to it because it was forbidden and because of that everybody exactly. put everything into it you know you were the soundtrack to many people's lives uh apparently that they had virtually no freedom yeah and, and south korea was not much different in the 70s and 80s mm, you know mind mm, you so mm. um you played an important part in these people's uh growing up and and their realization of what happens outside of their own culture mm, mm. yeah i think that's what happened yeah wow. i mean he, he, they say um Putin was, was I don't know, living in East Germany at that time in part of the diplomatic or KGB, whatever he was part of. And we shall he, never mention that ever again. And uh, he was was a fan too. Really? Yeah. So when, when they had, um, I, I did a gig somewhere in Russia and it was for all the 
thing and Putin wanted, asked for, for me to go and play um, but I didn't go but it but it was uh, it's, it's a weird thing it's very very strange oh my goodness because if you think about it, he was about the right age when when that music was out he would have been quite young you know I mean he's in his 50s I guess so he, he would have been teenage so at college he was listening to Smokey so <laughs> I, I I would venture to guess that not many artists in the history of pop music um, had this sort of effect on uh, uh, world leaders and, and countries and cultures. I mean, I had no idea Smokey was that important. No, neither did you I. <laughs> neither did I. <laughs> well, you're certainly important here in South Korea. People absolutely adore you, uh, Smokey's music, as well as your solo stuff. Um, so uh, we're running out of time, actually, in, in, our first, uh, in our first segment here. We're going to talk a lot more with you in our second hour, if you don't mind. Okay. And play more of your solo stuff. Uh, I'd right. love to, to, to give that to some folks here. Um, I want to hear more about what you're doing, what you've been doing after Smokey. Um, we're going to leave hour number one with, I'm going to let you choose the song. There are two songs you probably have heard a million times, mm. and there are two songs you probably don't want to hear again, but um, uh, you have to choose one. One is either Wild Angels, mm-hmm. or the other one is Living Next Door to Alice. Oh, well, that's that's not much of a choice for me. Um, I, I, for the for the listeners, they probably would listen to Living Next Door to Alice, but I've um, I've heard that a lot, obviously, and um, Wild Angels would be something different to me. Okay. So I'll go for that. Okay, and and actually, since uh, you've been in Seoul for about a week uh, on so many uh, uh, programs, radio and, and television, mm. I'm sure um, uh, uh, Wild Angels probably hasn't even been played. No, it's not been played. That's the, this is the first one that's uh, yes. brought it up. So it's, you, you've got a, a first. Yeah. You hear that, Korea? We're a first. What do you think of that? Ladies and gentlemen, join me in hour number two of Replay. We have a lot more Chris Norman coming at you. We're going to end hour number one with this song from 1976. Here now, Smokey, Wild Angels. <laughs> 